Hello, this is Mike Kennedy with the Living in Victory broadcast. Thank you for joining me again today. We're going to continue our series on the winning attitude of gratitude. I believe we're coming to a close of this series, but there's still a few more things to cover. The basis for our series is, but thanks be to God who gives us a victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's 1 Corinthians 15, 57. See, giving God thanks before you see the victory is an indicator of faith. Our attitude is an indicator of our level of faith. Are we excited? Are we down? And so we need to go ahead and make sure that our faith gauge is on a high level. Amen? The spirit of faith is the spirit of victory. You expect to win. See, the word confidence is another word for faith. You are confident you're going to win. God is going to cause us to triumph. He's going to bring us up and bring us out. The more confident we are, the more that level of faith gauge is on full. Doubt is the spirit of going down. It's the spirit of losing. The spirit of being defeated. If you have doubt in your life, get in the word. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Build yourself up in faith. You know, if you have one nostril above water, you're, you're not under. You're not totally defeated. You're, you may be close, but you aren't drowning. Rejoice that you've got a nose above the water. You can come up. You can paddle. You can tread to get to the sidewall, to get to the edge, and come up and out. See, the nature of the flesh is to yield and feel sorry for yourself. Don't feel sorry for yourself. We're going to talk about that more in detail and some examples in the Word. You were created to be a, a victor, not a victim. Hallelujah. Say, I'm a, I'm a victor, not a victim. Never say that you're a victim. Hallelujah. The word victim means loser, casualty, one who never wins. Well, that's not you or me. We are more than overcomers through Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. You cannot be a victim and be in faith. Because of, uh, being a victim is a, is a position of doubt, despair, no hope, going down. And a spirit of victory, the spirit of faith is somebody who knows they're coming out. Knows in results is that they win. Well, you win in Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. You can go down with doubt. Enough doubt and you will go under. You will go down. Amen. Hallelujah. People claim they're victims. And that is an indicator that they've allowed the wrong thoughts to come in. They've heard the wrong things. They've been listening to the wrong things, hanging around the wrong people. If you've been in an attitude that you're a victim, change your perspective. Get around the right people. Get in the word. Build yourself up. Claim you're an overcomer. And as you do, as you claim that you are an overcomer in Christ, he will strengthen you. He will quicken you. He will show you ways up and ways out. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, when we were born again, our, our spirit was born again, renewed, but our mind, our body was not. We still have flesh in this world. We may have to renew our minds daily to keep our mind on the things of the Lord. The enemy knows this. He tries to get our minds on things that we're going to lose, that he's going to win, that he, we're going to go down. He's taking us out. Get your mind on the things of God and control your flesh. Amen. It's a choice. Say, I choose to walk in the things of God, to listen to God. 
Amen? It's a choice. Choose to think on his things. Not your feelings. Not what the enemy says. Not what the news says. Hallelujah. Renew your mind. Think on God's thoughts. You know, his thoughts and ways are greater than ours. If we're not thinking good thoughts, we need to raise our eyes and get our eyes on him. Hallelujah. Romans 8, chapter 5 says, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Amen. Think spiritually. Glory to God. To be carnally minded is death. Well, I want life. I want peace. I choose life. I choose peace. Amen. Hallelujah. It makes a difference of what you keep your mind on. You say, well, I can't do that. You're thinking about something. It's a choice. It's your mind, isn't it? You can control your mind. Oh, I'm not saying it's easy, but you can do it. If we couldn't do it, the Lord wouldn't have told us to take captive of our thoughts. Uh, Brother Moore, Keith Moore has shared this, that a man says, you know, you need a bouncer at, uh, at your head, next to your brain for every thought that comes in. It's like, you know, those outlaw biker clubs that I minister to, they got a little hole in the wall, they slide it open. If you don't know the right words, aren't with the right people, you ain't getting in. Well, does that thought line up with the word or not? If it doesn't, close that, deny, don't let it come in, take captive of it, don't let it in. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You can't enjoy life by thinking carnally all the time. There's no peace in it. There's no joy in it. And the joy of the Lord is your strength. Turn with me over to Matthew chapter 14. Jesus told his disciples to get in a boat. And so they got in a boat and they started going out over the water, over the sea. And a big wind came up and they're being tossed to and fro. Well, see, that's the way a double-minded person is. They're tossed to and fro. They're unstable in all their ways because they aren't taking captive of those thoughts. Take captive of them. Walk peaceful, amen? Be like a duck. Their feet may be paddling like this under water, but above the water, it's smooth. Be cool. Don't let things of this world bother you. Take captive of them. Walk in peace, right? Verse 27. They were in fear and it says, But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. See, if you're in fear, reach out to God and he'll reach out to you with peace. Amen. Get in his word and you'll become peaceful. Amen. As it builds up your spirit. As it quickens you. As you get revelations of ways to get out. Verse 28, and Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come on, come to you on the water. He said, Jesus, if it's truly you, tell me to walk on the water. What is the master going to say? No, you can't do that. He will see that because you see, he operated as a man and greater things than these shall we do. I haven't walked on water yet, but if I tell you I did, it's the truth. We can do it. If we build our faith up and we hear from the Lord. There's people over in Africa a few months ago. A pastor told his people he was going to walk on the water. Had a bunch of people out there. It was nothing but pride. Gators are all over this area. Well, he didn't make it. Don't do it. step out in pride, but step out in faith when you hear from the Lord. After you hear from him. 
And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous. Now keep in mind, we already know that there was already high winds and the boat was being tossed to and fro. He stepped out in the middle of this, but he got his eyes off of Jesus. He started thinking carnally. That's happened to me. It's happened to you. If you're off right now and not thinking positive thoughts, take captive of them. Get your eyes on Jesus. Well, Peter's walking on the water. That's amazing. Glory to God. He's the only disciple that had taken that step, stood out of the boat. Glory to God. That's just amazing. He is the only disciple that bid Jesus to come and then took the step. And he walked on the water. And it's written today for us to read about it. But he got his eyes off the master. And he began sinking and he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. See, if you've missed it, if you've got your eyes off of the master, reach out to him. Lord, have mercy on me. Help me. And he'll reach down. He'll pull you up and out. Ways that you can't imagine coming as a path to get out. He will show you ways. He'll pull you up and out. He will bring you up. Amen. He said, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him. He'll do that to you, brother and sister. He'll reach out his hand if you ask him. If you humble yourself and truly ask him for help, for mercy because you've missed it, he will help you. He'll bring you up. He'll bring you out. Oh, hallelujah. And then Jesus said, oh, you of little faith, why do you doubt? He walked on the water, but he had little faith. He got his eyes off of it. None of the other disciples got out of the boat. Peter could have got bitter. He could have thought, I'm a victim. Could have beat himself up every day. Thought Jesus didn't appreciate that I walked on water. No one else got out of the boat. And it would have been a spiral down. Take captive of your thoughts. If you've been in a situation where somebody's corrected you, a parent, a family member, a boss, a pastor, a spiritual leader, don't be offended. Is it true? Then change. If it's not true, and you know it's not true, Lord, have mercy on them. Cast it off. Why are you letting it bother you if it's not true anyway? That's the enemy trying to get you under condemnation, to get you in offense. The word offense comes from the word scandalon. It comes from an, the word entrapment, where the enemy would set a bait to trap their people, to trap animals. That's what the enemy has set for you, and you have fell right into it. Don't fall for that spirit of offense, that trap. It just brings you down. It hurts you. Don't allow it in your life. Don't be offended. Take captive of those thoughts and say, well, Lord, have mercy on them, and move on. Amen? And so Peter... Obviously, he didn't quit. He had an opportunity at that point to quit. Well, I've had an opportunity to quit ministry, jobs. I'm not a quitter. What about you? Say, I'm not a quitter. Amen? Let's turn over in Matthew chapter 14. Let's turn over to chapter 16. And let's look at verse 23. Man, Peter went through some stuff. I told you he didn't quit. Here's another situation. You know, Peter, he's in the Bible in many places where he missed it big time. But he didn't quit. And that's why we have 1 Peter, 2 Peter. He's in the book. He didn't quit. Hallelujah. And 1 Peter, I mean, Matthew 16, 23 says, But he turned and said to Peter, 
This is Jesus. Get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. Jesus turned to Peter and said, Get thee behind me, Satan. I'm going to read that out of a couple other versions. The New Living Translation says, Jesus turned to Peter and said, Get away from me, Satan. You are a dangerous trap to me. You are seeing things merely from a human point of view, not from God's. Well, I've done that. I've said things that were purely from a man's perspective, not from a perspective of faith or a spiritual perspective. And allowed Satan to work through me and take them thoughts. And them thoughts became boiled up in me to the point where I spoke things that I shouldn't have spoke. That's what Peter did. His heart was right. Well, mine wasn't back then. Peter's heart was probably right. He didn't understand what he was saying. In the message it says, but Jesus didn't swerve. Peter, get out of my way. Satan, get lost. You have no idea how God works. He didn't pull Peter off to the side and say, Peter, you don't understand. It was more serious than that. Jesus had to protect himself from from thinking, oh, I don't deserve this. I haven't sinned. Why do I need to die and go to hell? He had to take captive over those thoughts. He's getting ready to go to the pits of hell, be abused for you and me to have eternal life. It's critical that he didn't get into that attitude, that he didn't allow those thoughts of I'm a victim. I'm, I'm not worthy. I'm worthy of having a lifestyle as a king, not of going to hell, not of being abused. He could have had a victim mentality, but he took authority over those thoughts and said, get behind me, Satan. I don't receive that. I'm not going to walk this way. Amen. Jesus wasn't trying to be harsh. Peter was thinking fleshly. He had been around the master a long time and was still thinking fleshly. It's time to grow up. Well, there's some areas in my life I've been around prophets of God that I need to increase and grow in and walk in. Amen? Hallelujah. Peter didn't have some, some light. Now, keep in mind, in this same chapter, chapter Matthew 16, if we back up to verse 17, um, Peter said, uh, in 16, Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. See, he walked in some light. He had some divine revelation. But he may have gotten pride. I heard from God and got off. We can be correct and walking spiritually in one area and a thought come in and we take captive of that thought and continue to walk and increase. Well, a thought can come in. We cannot take captive of it. Check it to the word and go down and get off base real quick. Say, I'm going to take captive of those thoughts, test them with the word and walk in victory. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise your Lord. Jesus did not pity himself. He did not allow it. Let's look at 1 Kings. Hallelujah. Let's look at verse 3. But Naboth said to Ahab, The Lord forbid that I should give the inheritance of my fathers to you. The Lord forbid it. Not that he didn't want to. Not that he shouldn't. Because of, of what the king's position was. He shouldn't because God said, Don't do it. I forbid it. Verse 4. So Ahab went into his house sullen and displeased. Oh, poor little King Ahab. He didn't get the other man's orchard. Man, you can get off so quick 
being pity. He already, he was the king. He already had a great life and had a lot of things. Because of that, it allowed those thoughts to come in. Pity, oh, woe is me. He told Jezebel, and Jezebel said, well, you're the king. You should have whatever you want. And because of that, Mr. Naboth was murdered because of that wrong thoughts. And instead, the king should have said, oh, hey, man, you don't want to sell it? Great. If you ever do, let me know. I'll give you a good price for it. Have a good day, sir. But instead, it went down to pity. You know, I've watched beauty pageants where people don't get the told how pretty they are or how great they are and how they get off and bitter and act like little babies and treat each other in a pageant rude. It's evil. It's ungodly. I'm not saying beauty pageants are. I'm saying the attitude of some of the people that have been in them are wrong. Amen? And because of that, uh, Jezebel had the Mr. Naboth killed so the king could have his orchard. But King Ahab did repent and got right with the Lord later on. But it was evil. There's already things that affected people's lives that had been done. Beauty pageants, man. There's some people that are in those that are beautiful inside and out. And that's the way with everything in life. There's people operating in the goodness of God. There's people in choir robes that are talking and judging people and uh, gossiping. There's people in choir robes that are giving God glory, that are giving God praise and being an example to people. Amen? Choose to do those things. Things of righteousness. Can't take captives. Whenever you're wanting to talk about somebody, judge somebody, gossip about somebody, take captive of that thought and say, well, glory to God, bless them, Lord, pray for them. You know, not long ago, somebody was talking about uh, gossiping about somebody. I said, you know, I can tell that uh, so-and-so's on your heart. Why don't we pray for them? Why don't you lead the prayer in the midst of some group? And we all stood there and prayed. It changed the whole atmosphere of it. Be a leader and change the atmosphere around you. Amen. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 18. And it says, verse 19, it says, Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. See, people have gotten down because they pitied, they didn't get their way, and they felt like a victim. If you feel like a victim... Touch and agree with somebody. Come in agreement. Unity over a situation and win. Don't, don't just say you agree with somebody when they're believing for something that's attack on them. Touch and agree. Ask the Lord to move on the situation. You haven't done this verse. They're not getting the victory partly because you haven't done this verse until you touch and agree and ask. Don't just say, I agree with you. You know, touch and agree. Join hands. Join your faith. And ask God. Make sure that you know what you're asking. That it lines up with the word. And pray in faith. Right? Thank you Jesus. Don't touch and agree on things that don't line up with the word. That you truly aren't believing with them on. Don't say I agree with you brother. Unless you're truly agreeing with them. It'll hurt your faith. Don't do it flippantly. It'll get you off the path to victory in your life. And it won't help them get victory in your life. Hallelujah. See, prayers can be hindered. In 1 Peter 3, 7, it says, Husbands, likewise, dwell with them with understanding, giving honor to the wife. 
as to the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers may not be hindered. If some of your prayers and things that you've come in agreement with aren't being answered, ask yourself, where am I off? Am I not in faith? Did I ask incorrectly? Have I done the, the according to the Matthew 18 verse that said ask? Hallelujah. Find out why. Ask the Lord what's happening. Is there something there that's, that's hindering me from receiving? In verse 1, Isaiah 1, 15 says, Your prayers I will not hear. And that was due to the wickedness of Judah. I'm not saying you're operating in wickedness, but are you in rebellion? You know, there's pastors that I know that are having trials and tribulations and aren't succeeding. Well, the word also says in Jeremiah 23, 21, I have not sent these prophets, yet they ran. I have not spoken to them, yet they prophesied. In other words, they weren't sent. They just went. So the Lord's not in it because he, they're in rebellion. Make sure that whenever you touch and agree that it's according to the word and then you put your faith on it and see miraculous victory after victory after victory in people's lives. Amen. Glory to God. Turn with me to John chapter 21 verse 17. Let me set the stage here. Jesus had prayed and interceded for Peter and had said, Peter, you will deny me three times before the rooster crows and Peter said, no, I won't. Well, it happened. And Peter felt so bad whenever that rooster crowed the third time and Jesus turned and looked at him. He missed it. Well, have you missed something three times in a row? I have. So don't judge Brother Peter. He didn't quit. Amen? And so this is whenever uh, Jesus, after that happened, Jesus had said to him the third time. So he'd already asked him, Simon, son of Jodah, do you love me? And Simon said, yes, Lord. Ask him again. Yes, Lord. This is the third time. So Peter was possibly getting frustrated. He said, yes, Lord. Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Even if you've missed it, you turned your back on God, it's not too late. You can get right back in just like Peter did. Peter denied Christ publicly three times. And he became a great man of God, leading many people to the Lord, feeding people the word of God, the gospel of truth. Verse 18 says, Most surely I say to you, when you were younger, you girded yourself and walked where you wished. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands, and another will gird you and carry you where you do not wish. If you've missed it, God will raise you up. He'll bring you forward. Don't quit. So you've missed it. We all have. Don't quit. Live in victory. Amen. If you've missed it, you can get right with the Lord right now. Say, Heavenly Father, forgive me for my sins. I believe that Jesus died on the cross, rose from the dead for my sins. I receive redemption, cleansing of my sins. I receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I stand right with God right now. Praise you, Lord. You're right with Him. Go forward and feed His sheep. Amen. Don't think you're a victim. Yes, you may have missed it. People may have treated you wrong, done some real bad things to you. Sharon, I had a frivolous lawsuit against us when we were in Colorado cost us thousands and thousands of dollars hundreds of thousands actually put us in a different position i still pray for that company that they prosper amen don't let offense come in don't be a victim i'm walking in the blessings of the lord 
Amen. My name's in the Lamb's book of life. Glory to God. What about you? Don't allow yourself to be have a victim mentality. You're a winner, not a loser. Amen. Hallelujah. Keep giving God thanks. The key to victory is giving God thanks. Amen. Walking in His ways. Walking in His word. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Well, this is Mike Kennedy with Living in Victory.